Oh, g'day. Just before we dive into this week's show, I want to let you know that this week's episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast is brought to you by Protector Insurance. They're New Zealand's specialist motorcycle insurers. With a full range of cover options and types, you can trust Protector Insurance to come up with a solution that will suit you no matter what type of bike you ride. Now, thieves are rampant. Social media is full of stolen bike posts. A chain can be cut. A brake lock won't necessarily stop thieves lifting your bike, chucking it on the back of the ute and driving away with it. But if you're insured against theft, you can sleep easy knowing Protector have your back. They're going to look after your bike as if it was their own. Have a chat today with the Kiwi-owned insurers who have been in the game for over 30 years. Go to protectorinsurance.co.nz. Right, on with the show. And welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray Heron. Later on in the show, we're going to be catching up with Matthew Day-Gillett. He's off somewhere in the North Island riding something. I'm not entirely sure. We'll find out from him directly. Also, we're going to catch up with the latest in news from onthrottle.co.nz. But before we go any further, I'd like to talk to you about some fishing. Not actual fish either. Not salmon, not trout, not tuna, no, nothing like that. Uh, I'd like to talk to you about pH fishing. Yes, the Nigerian prince. Um, NZTA have been the latest target of some fishing, and I actually received one of these emails myself. If you're not aware of what a phishing scam is, basically you receive an email that looks completely legit saying something like, and in this case it was one of your vehicles is due for uh, an update of its registration, you know, you gotta buy six months to a year rego, uh, click here to update the registration. And in this case, the one that's targeted NZTA looks completely legitimate, but they don't mention a number plate. So it says, you know, NZTA, you must renew your registration on your vehicle, click here but usually if it's a real one if it's a legitimate one from nzta they'll give you the number plate uh so i mean i've got the wife's car my car trailer and motorbike that all need registering at different times throughout the year generally i've got an email from nzta in my inbox saying you need to do your registration just keep an eye out for these uh, dodgy little phishing scams the way i worked out that it was that it was false was that it didn't mention uh, which car needed or which vehicle needed registration update, didn't have a number plate. And also the address that it's from wasn't a, wasn't even an NZTA address, leave alone a government email address. So I think those are two good ways to work out whether it's false or not. Also, if you're, um, I tell you what, if you just never click on a button on your emails, like if you get a renewal email for, for your registration, but you just don't click on the button that it says to click on, you can go through to the NZTA website and update it yourself, or just go out to your vehicle and check the registration sticker and see when it expires. If it's not a month out, then you're fine, right? So just keep an eye out for those phishing scams. Right, let's get into the latest in news from onthrottle.co.nz. 
Six years after the introduction of the GSX S1000 to the Suzuki lineup, the Japanese brand's Street Fighter has undergone its first major overhaul with new styling, new tech, and a tad more power all coming together for the new 2022 GSX S1000. While visually, the GSX S1000 has undergone a major overhaul with new sharper fairings, stacked LED headlights, and aggressive mass forward stance, it looks a whole new beast but there is an equal number of changes under the skin to bring the bike up to Euro 5 emission standards as well as add new features now expected from bikes in the class. The 889cc 4Banger has a number of updates including new cams, new exhaust, new intake and unusually for a bike updated for Euro 5 without an increase in capacity it actually boasts better performance figures than the outgoing model. Power has now claimed a healthy 140 52 horsepower at 11,000 rpm, while peak torque is slightly down on the outgoing model, down to 106 Nm from 108 Nm. It's now produced at lower rpm and has a much more refined torque curve. While the GSX S1000 was one of Suzuki's first models to debut multi-stage traction control in 2015, the technology has moved on in the intervening years. While the new GSX S1000 does without an IMU and cornering sensitive riding aids, like was recently added to the Hayabusa, it does receive a decent boost in the safety aids department. The GSX-S now features Suzuki's Intelligent Ride System, or SIRS, with five-stage traction control, Suzuki Drive Mode Selector Ride-by-Wire Electronic Throttle, Bi-Directional Quick Shifter, Suzuki Easy Start, and Low RPM Assist Systems. The chassis remains a twin-spar aluminium design, while the swing arm comes directly from the GSX-R1000 Superbike. The suspension comes in the form of 43mm fully adjustable KYB forks matched to a link type rear suspension system with adjustable rebound damping and suspension preload settings on the shock. Expect handling to be spot on with this bike. Braking comes in with Brembo and a set of 310mm discs up front clamped on by four piston calipers and Nissan caliper on the rear disc all backed up with ABS. Suzuki has also tweaked the riding triangle by moving the handlebar out 23 millimeters wider and 20 millimeters closer to the rider for better comfort. The GSX S range has always been aimed at being more rider friendly into the market and these tweaks should help it maintain its place in that regard. Other improvements over the previous model include a revised seat, a larger 19 litre fuel tank and a new LCD instrument panel. At this stage we're unable to confirm pricing or when the new GSX S1000 is due to land on our shores but recently assured as soon as we get that information we will share it with you. Photos and full specs up at onthrottle.co.nz, check out that headlight it looks very katana-esque. We haven't seen much when it comes to electric motorcycle concepts from the European manufacturers in a while, but now Husqvarna has given us its first look at what a road-going electric Husqvarna motorcycle might look like. Being dubbed the E-Pillin, it's a stylish concept, taking styling cues from Husqvarna's Vitpillin and Svartpillin range, but adding an electric twist in the power plant department. The group that owns KTM Husqvarna Gas Gas along with suspension manufacturer WP Suspension already is a leader in the world of electric 
electric dirt bikes with the KTM SXE5 and the Husqvarna EE5 kids dirt bikes now available all over the world. But this is the first look at what we could expect to see in the coming years from the road going side of the business. However if you are hoping for Husqvarna to come out of the gate with a high performer you might be disappointed with the direction the e-pillin concept has taken which focuses more on style and mobility than performance. With a power output of just 8 kilowatts and a range of 100 kilometers the e-pillin concept has clearly been developed for the urban commuter and leisure rider market rather than a weekend warrior. While it sounds like a rather small range Husqvarna is part of the new cartel of manufacturers working on standardized swappable battery technology so the maximum range is probably not something the company is too fussy about at the early stage of development. With that in mind Husqvarna states that the e-pillin concept features a modular swappable battery system allowing a power bank to be exchanged extending the appeal and utility of the electric motorcycles to those considering the switch. While it's still very very early days the e-pillin concept shows that even Europe's best are looking at the electric future some ways down the line. For more photos and a video on the e-pillin from Husqvarna head to onthrottle.co.nz Time now to cross to Matthew Day Gillett somewhere in the North Island riding some kind of bike. Are you there, Matt? Hello, and uh, welcome to very close to Raglan once again. I have got my hands on something a little bit different to Rosie the Rally, uh, something significantly bigger. You can hear it, hopefully, in the background. Close my visor. Yes, so... Uh if the thundering great V-twin didn't give it away, I've got my hands on a Harley Davidson. I've had this for most of the week and I've finally gotten a chance to take it out for a proper play. So I'm on my way to Bridal Vale Falls to nab myself one of the best in NZ uh, little geocaches for the River app. Get, my, get myself up the points leaderboard there. And uh, what a bike to do it on. Milwaukee 8 114 cubic inch engine. 158 newton meters of torque and about 90-ish horsepower. A Harley Softail with uh, bobber aesthetics. So it's got a nice big chunky front wheel, mini eight handlebars. Um, has a pillion seat though. Yeah, sitting up on it, it ain't particularly comfortable. Uh, you definitely wouldn't want to go to further than just down to the shops with a pillion on the back with that. They would not thank you. And um, yeah, essentially, um, unlike other Harleys that I've ridden. Um, well, I can't say recently because we didn't do too much riding last year. Um, it's got centrally mounted pegs, which they are kind of cramped in a way, but I definitely think I prefer them to the forward set pegs. And I'll tell you why. When you come up to a corner, as I am right now, I'm pretty sure with the forward set pegs, you actually have less lengthened angle. And if I want to, I can stand up on these pegs and get a good view over traffic if I'm in the town, which is um, where this bike sort of thrives really it's not particularly a touring bike reasonably low ground clearance reasonably low lean angle though i haven't actually touched it down yet just that thundering talky motor um, so this came out in january harley announced this and um i'm the first gno in new zealand to get their hands on one of these as a press unit <laughs> um, this bike had 50 kilometers it had been just pdi'd as i picked it up from road and sport in hamilton um, and if you didn't know, if you want a Harley Davidson New Zealand and you want the best, go to Road and Sport. Uh, those guys are tremendous. 
So yes, oh, jump on the big brakes, slops pretty nicely. One thing I'm not a huge fan of um, in the bike as it currently is, and it may be adjustable, is the rear brake lever position. Sort of, to get my foot on that rear brake, I sort of have to kick my toe inward and push down. Um, it's not particularly readily ex uh, available to me. So I'd like it just to have a little bit more rise in the brake lever um, there, so that it just doesn't take quite so long to get your foot on it. So once I um, have come to a stop um, a bit later on, I'll give you all the, the important specs on this bike, but I figured we'd start it off with the riding impressions, uh, because that's what people really care about. They don't, uh, not everyone's a numbers nerd. This is a beautiful road, by the way, out to Bridalvale Falls, nice and twisty, and there's some very nice autumn colours going on right now. So yeah, the Mini 8 handlebars, um, I could probably take them or leave them. Um, I do find that the because my fists are basically punching directly out in front of me, I'm getting a bit of wind up my sleeves, which is a bit chilly when I set off earlier today. Um, though the finish, um, and Ben Wilkins, the editor of Kiwi Rider, um, had to laugh. He said it was called Hammerite or something. Um, but it's the same finish as the, um, the primary drive cover and the rocker covers on the Milwaukee 8 engine. It's not chrome, and um, I personally quite like that. I'm not a big fan of chrome. Um, particularly in my field of vision. If it catches the light of the sun or anything, it can just give you a bit of a dazzle and um, quite a nice subdued look, this bike. It's got massive front forks with fork gaiters um, and it doesn't have that sort of signature big Harley massive rear tyre. So it's actually quite easy to lean in and out of the corners. Um, being a, a cruiser, your cornering angle is a bit limited, but um, as yet I have not touched down um, and I've been hammering along today, uh, going slightly faster than I should most likely. Oh, is that a CR Ref 250L? No, it's an XR. Hey dude. Wow, I haven't seen one of those on the road before. That's a farm bike. <laughs> um, always thought they'd make a great, a great wee uh, adventure bike. Mini adventure bike, those little XR Hondas. Anyway, back to the Harley. Um, so it's got a really nice, very um, subdued digital display on the um, handlebar clamp. So you don't have any great big gauges sitting in front of you or anything. It's just a simple uh, LCD. It's kind of almost old school compared to a lot of the stuff we expect to see today. Um, very simple though. LCD display. You can cruise through it. So I've got a fuel gauge, uh, clock, uh, gear position indicator and of course speedo. If I hit the little scroll button, it gives me my engine RPM. So right now I'm putting along at 80 kilometers an hour and fourth, doing 2400 RPM. Kick it again, tells me the Odo, so this bike's only done 160Ks. Um, so it's still a bit tight, but um, interestingly enough, I'm uh, really enjoying the gearbox. So I'll, a lot of the time when people talk about Harleys and Indians, they talk about clunky, clunky gearboxes, and that's not particularly the case with this bike today. Like, yes it is a lot, like you can definitely tell there's something mechanical going on when you hit that shifter, uh, unlike my little dinky Honda. It's a nice shift. I haven't had any accidental um, false neutrals or anything. It's a very nice, precise gearbox. Um, but it doesn't sound like two hammers whacking together when you change gears as, um, with its competition. Uh, speaking of the competition, the bike... Um, this bike came out in January and a little bit after that the main competition uh, was announced from Indian. So they do a new, they've redesigned their Chief 
um, line and they do a, I believe it's the Chief Dark Horse in a bobber and that will be the main competition for this bike um, this Indian Scout bobber that sort of more competes with Harley Sports to line up um, so yeah I don't know if um, which I'd go for I haven't ridden an Indian in some time but from memory that Thunderstroke um, engine that's more your sort of typical classic big metal on metal sort of uh, engine particularly in the gearbox um, where this feels quite refined I don't know how loud the engine is in the background but um, one thing speaking to a friend of the podcast Mike Island he is now a Harley Davidson owner he has a soft tail standard which if he wanted he could make look just like this but um, he's ripped off his standard pipes and chucked on some loud ones because out of the box these are actually quite subdued for a Harley Davidson yes you can get that great big uh, 1840 or however CC engine uh, the Milwaukee 8114 is you can get it to roar quite nicely but around town and everything like it's very quiet it's like I'm rolling along here and I could almost be rolling on uh, Rosie if it wasn't for that V-twin rumble uh, the mirrors are very good they're mounted on top of your uh, mini ape hangers and uh, very little vibration getting into them and that's a, a sort of a feature of the Milwaukee 8 Harley Davidson's is yes they're quite refined but they also um, are very sort of they're well insulated from the rider so I can feel the engine vibration just chugging along here but it's not sort of that rattle your teeth out like some people like to think of Harley Davidson products just going to slow my pace down a little bit here we're in some very tight corners and it's a bit slippery and Dunlop tyres normally Harleys have come with Michelins but this has got Dunlop rubber on it they have liked to kick out as um, you may have seen in my first impressions video going around a roundabout I did get the bum to go uh, a bit wide so just taking it easy here following a little red Toyota Corolla to the Bridal Vale Falls beautiful beautiful part of our country if you uh, want to go for a ride I know we covered this quite extensively in our TTAR episode um, but this is a nice little uh, offshoot um, if you want a nice twisty scenic tarmac ride while you're playing along the coast here or if you're not even uh, into adventure riding if you just want a nice little spot to come to there's a nice walk I think it takes about 15 minutes to get to Bridal Whale Falls from uh, once we get to the car park so back to the dash what else do I have two trip meters and a range to empty which um, I very much appreciate so this has about half a tank left 137 kilometers at my current pace which um, I'm quite a, I quite like the idea of that oh there's a nice gravel road going off over there plateau road keep that in mind Ray all right so I'm pulling up to the Bridal Vale Falls car park so it's do not leave valuables here so um, that might be something I do not leave the Harley here so I'm just going to jump off the Harley see it's quite a nice nice looking bike um, interestingly enough I'm pretty sure it takes up less space in my rumpus room than Rosie little Honda Rally does uh, mostly because it's quite low low everything's sort of the main mass of the bike comes up to what my belly button so it's nice easy to get on uh, the saddle's really comfy and you can adjust the preload on the rear shock uh, the forks are obviously not adjustable these massive what they look like about 47 mil conventional forks up front um, but you can add do the preload but unlike some of the other soft towels you have to take the seat off which um, is a bit of a shame like you, to get the seat off looks like you have a, a great big nut to remove and then you lift the seat off do your preload put it back it's bolted up again so yeah spoked wheels beautiful paint black with um, the classic Harley Davidson number one logo on the side of the tank in orange and Harley Davidson's Orange it's a very good looking motorcycle I've been enjoying it so I am going to check that I've got my geocache 
got on the points table once again on the river app and I'm going to cruise on into Raglan and get a pie and we'll go over the specs a little bit more. Here we are, we are at the Manu Bay boat ramp now, just chilling out with uh, the Street Bob 114, which is the Harley I've been playing around on. I'm not sure if I've actually said it already, but it's the new Street Bob 114. So Bob for Bobber, hence the uh, mini ape handlebars, uh, small fenders and whatnot. It's quite a fun uh, bike to ride, to be honest. So Harley brought this bike out in January, as I said earlier. Um, so the idea for the Street Bob 114 was to make a sort of the more most performance-oriented uh, soft tail, specifically since the uh, FXDR, which we rode ooh, a couple of years ago now, that um, was discontinued. So um, this is the lightest weight model in the soft tail family with a 114-cubic-inch engine. So Harley says that the Street Bob 114 is a quick and nimble ride with power to spare. That's been the case so far. Pretty nimble considering its... Uh, cruiser limitations um, it is 9% quicker 0 to 100 and 13% quicker to um, 100 to what 130 60 80 miles per hour in fifth gear than the previous generation street bob which had the 107 inch cubic 107 cubic inch engine um, so it's got two up seating um, again i wouldn't really put a lot in the pillion pad here um, there's not a lot of space there. Like my hand is longer than it is wide, sort of thing. Um, yeah, disappointments. Not really too many things that are disappointing about this bike. Preload adjustment on the shock being under the seat, which you have to remove with a big ass bolt. That's a bit of a letdown, I guess you'd say. But looking at the styling of the bike, there isn't really anywhere on this particular model anyway where a remote shock would, a shock adjuster would go. So um, yeah, it's all part and parcel of the styling. It's really cool, this bobber styling. It's not a really, really thick front tyre. It's still a smaller wheel. What are we got looking at here? I'll just go and look at it. Uh, both the wheels are um, spoked as well, so they're not um, particularly heavy. What are we looking at? It's a 19-inch wheel and tyre on the front, and the back is a... 16 on the rear. Uh, big, big brakes. Two piston caliper on the rear with a massive disc. What looks like a four piston caliper. Yep, that's four piston on the front. Braking's adequate. I haven't pushed it too hard, to be fair. But I'm just enjoying this uh, nice cruise of a day. Uh, no kids today. And um, just plodding about on the street bob. So pricing, I'll just have a look at what the pricing on this model is. The street uh, soft tail standard is the most affordable bike in the soft tail range. Uh, so this is going to be a bit more. Alright, so we're looking at, for the Street Bob, 25495 is the pricing for this bike in this particular colour scheme, which, um, 2425 I should have said, 25495 is the pricing on the Street Bob 114. So it's, um, yeah, about mid-range. Well, it's a couple of thousand dollars more than the soft tail standard. And for that, you get the Mini 8 bars, pillion seat, the one-off unique styling. Um, so it's quite a neat uh, wee bike here. I've certainly enjoyed my time with it, though I'm definitely not going to miss cleaning it. There is a lot of black on this bike, and it picks up water spots like you wouldn't believe. Rode it home in the rain, and it just looked filthy. Um, that is the problem with black bikes in general. And I have cleaned it since, and it's picked up more more spots and specks and she's looking a bit dirty so I'm going to head home 
and give it a wash, take it away, and uh, yeah, Street Bob 114. Definitely a fun mid range Harley Davidson. It's not a tourer, it's more of a street day bike. Maybe take it on a weekend trip. If you wanted a touring Harley Davidson, you'd buy a touring Harley Davidson after all. But yeah, Street Bob 114, very fun, and um, yeah, I'm gonna miss having this much power at my right hand. <laughs> And that about wraps up the show. Thank you very much for sticking with us. This has been Kiwi Rider Podcast. You can always get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Whether you've bought a new bike, you've had a bike for years, you've done some modifications, you've bought some new kit, you've installed something new on your bike, you've been for a ride. Tell us those stories and let us share those stories with other Kiwi riders and get people motivated to get out there riding. You can get hold of us through Facebook or Instagram. We are at Kiwi Rider Podcast. Love to hear from you. Or my name's right here and you can message me directly on social media. We're also We've also got an email address podcast at kiwirider.co.nz hey do make sure you check out the latest kiwi rider magazine as well just go to google and search kiwi rider jumag j-o-o-m-a-g you can check out the uh, the back catalogue of magazines there's about 30 40 magazines up there that you can read of course there's two editions every month and it's absolutely free for you to read download print out if you really want to all of that good stuff and it's full of kiwi motorcycling goodness so go to kiwirider.co.nz or search uh, kiwi rider jumag for the latest magazine fill out the little box the subscription box and we'll make sure that magazine is in your inbox absolutely free twice a month uh, and do hit that subscribe button on this podcast as well tell you what the biggest thing that you could help us do is if you're listening on spotify or apple podcasts is uh, give us a rating it might just be the the five star that'd be great or you can leave us a review as well all feedback is greatly received good bad or indifferent we love to hear from you because without you there's no point doing this podcast as i said this is kiwi rider podcast i've been ray thank you very much for joining us keep the rubber side down throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days time listening to Kiwi Rider Podcast, made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders and insured by Protector Insurance, a Kiwi-owned insurance company. The team at Protector Insurance are enthusiasts as well. They know a street bob from a street triple, a Pan-America from a Pan-European, so you can trust they've got your back with a range of cover types from storage only right through to full comprehensive and even track day cover. Whatever you ride, have a chat to Protector Insurance and trust that they'll look after your pride and joy as if it was their own. Protectorinsurance.co.nz and thanks to the team at Protector Insurance for supporting Kiwi Rider Podcast.